create my friend Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney and this is episode 129. Today we have a pleasure of talking about resilience and being focused on our goal, whatever happens in our life and however many obstacles we might encounter. And this is from an 82-year-old retired doctor who is originally from Italy and his name is Salvatore Forcina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So it's nice to see you, Salvatore, and we had a really nice pre-podcast chat today, and I've, I've heard so much about his life. He also really read a book and write a book about this because it's amazing. Wait, he actually has written a book, his memoir, and we're going to talk about some of his experiences. And why are we going to do that? Because I think that uh, the older generation has got so much to show us and to teach us about resilience and sacrifice and working for something that is really meaningful to you, even if we might start up being not really motivated. So if that is of interest to you, stay tuned. Okay, Salvatore, so I want to start with you and your life. Can you kind of tell us a little bit of what happens? How did you end up from Italy and then to Argentina and then to the States. What, what happened then? Off you go, it's your turn. Well, it's a long story, but I'm going to explain the best I can. Um, I was born in Italy in 1941 uh, during the war, World War II. And the area where my town is Scauri is south of Rome north of Naples. In, uh, in 1948, my father with a group of other uh, workers went to Argentina to build, as a worker, a, a, a ceramic factory. And in Italy, there were no jobs. There was uh, poverty. There was ruin for the, after the war. And so in Argentina, at that time, there was peace, there was uh, food was plenty. And um, so my father saw that there was a possibility for, for him to have a future for his family. And so in 1948, when my mother and my brother, we went to Argentina. And uh, we arrived to Argentina, of course, it was a different world, different uh, customs. We were really immigrants in a land in which we were nobody. And then, and I remember the, the life was very difficult. My poor mother was around 10 years old. And uh, I remember, and, and we didn't have telephone, there was no TV, there was no radio. And, uh, and we lived and were renting a house in the periphery of the, of the uh, city. And there was no asphalt. There was a, a mud in the street uh, when rain, a flood. So there was a, a, it was a very difficult life. And I remember my, we used to play with the other children in the street. We didn't, we didn't have a ball. We didn't have a ball. So we, with this sock, we put the, a paper and some cloth there, and we made a ball, and we I kicked that ball until that ball became like a sausage. It was no, was no round anymore. 
And so that was our life as a young kids. And um, I remember uh, now looking back, my poor mother was anxious to get the news from Italy, from her family. And the only news was coming through the letter that, that sent once in a while, once in a while. And then my poor mother used to, uh, uh, used to call me uh, Salvatore. Uh, have you seen the mailman, the hip uh, mailman deliver the mail today? I say, uh, mom, yes or no, whatever, but we didn't have any mail. I say, okay, we have to wait until tomorrow. And uh, uh, so, and occasionally when she got the letter, she read the letter and reread the letter. It's like a, she just wants to get the juice from the letter. I mean, so looking back now, and what do we have the technology? Look at the, you and me, we are talking and looking at each other instantly. Over there, how the evolution came about. The evolution came about that they, they, they had to wait for months. And even before that, I remember when I used to do, uh, uh, read about the, uh, Benjamin Franklin, when he went to France, to Paris, he, he, he used to say that they, they send a letter, took like six months to go there, to arrive, and by the time they have an answer, the person was dead. So how the evolution, how things have changed. Yes. So... That's, yes. that's good. And, and you were telling me that you actually became a doctor while you were in Argentina, right? Well, yes, but the, what happened was that, the, first of all, I will mention that the, I didn't want to study. And my parents, my father, they have a second, third grade only, they, because they had the, there was poverty, they had to work, they go with the sheep or the goats, whatever, take care of the family. Uh, so what happened was that then, the, um, uh, but he, tried to put into me that I had to study, I had to study. Of course, I was eight years old, nine years old. I didn't want to study. So anyhow, it happened that the, close to our house, you know, a few blocks away, there was a small chapel there, and a group of priests came there, and um, and they, I started to talk to them, and, uh, and they were showing me pictures of the, the they have a horse, they have a swimming pool, they were playing soccer, f- football, whatever. And then, so, and they, and they told me, would you like to come to the, so I, of course, I, I went to my father and I say, uh, I was interested in that, of course, for my father, it was like hitting the lottery because uh, he saw the opportunity for me to become somebody, maybe I could study. And so, anyhow, so we, so I went to, I was 11 years old. I went to the school in Buenos Aires and outskirts of Buenos Aires, they called Jovenado. Jovenado stands for youth, for the youth. And then, of course, the first year was very bad, was terrible, because uh, I didn't want to study. I, uh, I have, um, you know, I just want to, I was not prepared for that. And there were uh, several masses a day, sermon, and, 
and study, study. I couldn't. So anyhow, what hit me was that the, my father used to talk to me about the instrument, the, a little bit about the opera, whatever little thing that he knew. And then, and that instilled me curiosity for. And so what happened was that the, in this Jovenado, there was a small orchestra with different instruments. But you had to apply, because you, you had to apply, the, the, the priest had to give it okay. And so I applied for to play violin, to study violin. And I was convinced, uh, was, uh, but I was rejected because my grades were so poor. So that was a lesson for me because the following year, I got the position and I started to play violin, study violin. And so, uh, so gradually I start to study. So eventually when, um, what happened was that the, this, uh, the, all those years that I did in that school, they were not recognized by the state without our knowledge. So anyhow, when I went to private school, uh, public school, I had to take two-year exam and repeat the third year. So that to give an idea how nothing was smooth. So what happened was that eventually my friends, the companion from school, for a college, uh, they were all the son, the stanciero, stanciero people that have a large a farm, cows, uh, rich people, a lawyer, uh, uh, doctors, uh, I was the son of the immigrant, but really immigrant without nothing. But I have a little bit the desire to succeed because I want to also to be able to see the sun. Because it seems that the, my life, I was in a, in a hole, just looking up, but there was a shadow all the time. So anyhow, so my friends, they were going to the university to study medicine. And I didn't have a clue what medicine was, okay? So I went and joined them or whatever, and gradually I start to uh, I start to get interested, and so it was no easy. My parents couldn't afford for me to buy books. I, when I did, we shared the the, the room, uh, and so when my friends that the weekend. They were from La Plata. I studied at the University of La Plata in Argentina, and it's close to Buenos Aires. And then on Friday afternoon, the, my friends, they used to go to Buenos Aires uh, and stay there and all weekend until uh, uh, Monday morning, two, three o'clock in the morning when they used to come back. And uh, that was the time when I used to borrow their books and study. And, I, and they had the, you know, they had the money to, to go to Buenos Aires. I was just uh, staying at home and trying the best because uh, I, was, uh, I felt that the responsibility for my parents, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, ignore them, the sacrifice they had done for me.
So despite the fact that you didn't have motivation in the beginning, you then developed that and you started to study and go ahead. But I, you were telling me before, and I'm just watching the time because we're at 12 minutes already, so we're halfway through. Later on then, you decided that you wanted to move to the States. And well, perhaps when you wanted to go to the US, you wanted to use your degree in medicine, right? What happened then? Yeah, what happened was that uh, when I graduated, when I, uh, I graduated, I, I I want to go to Italy to specialize to Italy. And what happened was that uh, there was a six month difference when I finished, when I arrived to, uh, in, in Italy was March and already by June, whatever the uh, university was closed, was going to close. They told me I had to wait until September. But meantime, in my in the Scauri is a, a summer resort. It's a beautiful beach there. And during the summertime, I met a few people from United States. They were in some way knew my family, and they were aware of my situation. So, and and they advised me to come to United States. So. I have family here, I got in touch with them. I came to visit, and of course, when I saw, uh, I came here to United States, and I saw the uh, possibility the, uh, for me here, but of course, I didn't speak English. I, my my uh, degree the, the, was not recognized, so what I had to do, I had to take the exams, go to learn English first, and uh, but the more difficult part was those exams, the multiple choices. I never saw in my life what the multiple choice was. I was 28 years old, and still today, still today, after so many years, I still today, I, sometimes I wake up with a bad nightmare about my first experience over the multiple choice, because what happened, I went to take the exam, and I was so, uh, naive, I, I didn't, I didn't realize there was a timing, and so what happened? I was getting tired. I was doing, uh, would get up for the desk and go to have some water, walk a little bit. So suddenly the proctor said, "You have half an hour to finish," and I haven't even completed half of the exam. So I panic and I start to put B B C C D D. <laughs> of course, that was a, that was a disaster. That was a disaster, and uh, and uh, I paid the consequences. But anyhow, uh, that was a good experience. Eventually, I passed the exam, and that exam doesn't recognize me as a doctor yet, but allow me to apply to for a resident program to specialize. And I did an internship, a residency for five years, like living in the hospital, being called every other day. That's amazing. And if you think about it, um, you know, nowadays you would think that a lot of people would say, all right, that's, it's too difficult, it's too much, I can't possibly do that. Oh no, this is a sign that I should not do this because it's so much to do. Actually, you went on and learned a completely different language. It's not Italian, it's not Spanish, English is completely different. And you went on to do that and to reseat your exams as well. It's just like, that takes a lot of... Um, of, of, of toughness there and I remember from our podcast chat um, something that came came through and there was a life is tough 
especially when you have nothing. You start from nothing and you have nothing. Nobody's telling you what to do. There is nobody to guide you. There is nobody to mentor you, to, to facilitate this path. But you need to move out of the comfort zone when it's difficult. Just keep going, have the grit, the motivation, the focus, so you can reach the top of the mountain. And eventually you, you did get your degree, your specializations and all, all sorted out and you had a good life working as a surgeon in the hospital for how many years did you work i worked since um, i would say 40 years for i became a chief surgeon in two hospitals and in spite of my accent <laughs> and, uh, uh, so uh, i have a good training i got uh, i got uh, and um, you learn a lot uh, about life, you know, because uh, and in some way you you give back whatever you have learned in life in different way, helping other people because everybody going through the different cycles with the people, the diseases, the cancer, and so on. Mm. So. What was the motivating force that helped you during all this? formative years to go from I really don't want to study, I can't be bothered and to go from there to a stage where you wanted to have it you had the energy to go, what was the, the inspirational well it was a, was a gradual thing was a gradual thing. this is, a, I compare that like a, a drop of water and a rock a drop of water in one week one month, one year steady drop nothing's going to happen but through the long time it's going to make a hole in the rock and so this has been my experience and my experience has been I started with nothing I I was like a, going through a tunnel but uh, gradually you start to see a dim light a little bit and so and eventually maybe something go wrong but something go right too and so to give it you start to see a little bit so eventually as this progress you are mature in the same thing your mind mature your experience mature and, you, uh, and so that eventually open your eyes and and the, the thing have been that the you see in the I, I chose to come to United States because I saw the opportunity that this country can offer. So the reason why I, I wrote this book is because to give a waste of a mind is a terrible thing. Because you know what happened? If, uh, with my experience, if I succeeded, I think a lot of people also can succeed. And uh, it's not easy. So it's not about having an easy life, but it's more about developing those qualities that will lead you to take the first step and then the second step and move forward. And so if you were talking to somebody today who has maybe, you know, this lack of hope for the future because they might think, oh, it's too difficult, I can't do it, how would you... What would you like to suggest that they do to find the driving force and to keep going forward, even if you do not have a mentor yet, as you didn't? Yeah, 
Well, yeah, the, the important thing today with the media that we have, uh, you can uh, you can do the, the wrong research. See, my life was that I started one street, I, I go straight to end up uh, until I see a sign dead end and I had to come back and to go to right or left or whatever. Today is much easier because the internet, the communication, the, it's an open world. However, the, the, the important thing is you have to have motivation. You have to have a desire, the desire to succeed, the desire to go one step up above where you are. And you have to have the, without motivation, you, you cannot succeed. Like an athlete, the, the, average, the average athlete, there is only 85% of the reach certain peak, but the guy that succeed and get the gold medal is the guy that got the extra step, extra mile, and you now everybody can do that. But they have to have an inter, inter, inside motivation and a desire to succeed no matter what. Indeed. Well, thank you so much. That is so useful because, you know, sometimes we have uh, people who might suffer from lack of confidence in their own skills, but don't believe it's possible to do things. But actually, you have created a, a, a good career and in, in two countries. And now you can enjoy the, the beauty of retirement in Florida. So nice weather, sunshine and playing golf, you know. And that's beautiful to be able to retire. And as your dad was saying, when you were younger and you were still not motivated to study, and who is, you know, when you're very young, most people don't. But he was saying, look, do you want to work and have, you know, the hard skin on, on the fingers because you're going to do only manual work because you can't do anything else if you don't get the dedication. And eventually he came to you with the idea, right, I don't want to be stuck maybe filling the shelves in a supermarket. I want to have a job that will give me even more. There's nothing wrong with working in a supermarket and that's fine for a lot of people. But maybe sometimes we have this desire to do more, to help even more people, to maybe study a particular topic that was medicine is good one. It could be agriculture, it could be astronomy, it could be anything. But when we have this drive, we can be the best hairdresser, the best agricultural worker, it doesn't matter. But we are doing what we want, what we are passionate about, and we are still working. And when, when the things become tough, you have shown us that we need to keep going and not just give up and say, oh, there's another exam. Oh, no, I'm not going to do No, you just, you just keep going. That's amazing. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. That's, that's, with the, that's why I wrote the book. And, uh, and this, this uh, uh, mainly uh, to be the guide to my granddaughter. She's seven years old, Lennon. And uh, I wrote a book for her that, that when, unfortunately, I will not be around uh, when she is going to be a teenager, the difficult years, maybe she, one night that she's down, open up the page and say, this is my grandpa, did this, did that. And so maybe I can uh, influence her, maybe, I hope. Yes, 
Yeah, there will be a great thing. And you know what? I've actually done something similar. I wrote a book about 12 years ago saying, hey, I want not quite a memoir like yours, but something to help my children to be prepared and know about um, self-reliant and uh, living with, within a budget and growing stuff and dehydrating food and uh, gardening and how to take care of finances and all this. So I wrote a book. I actually called it Back to Basics. And it's really a memoir for my kids to know that you have to really learn how to make things and repair and redo and recycle and do and not just expect everything to come to you it's not going to come to you you know and you can be quite fooled by financial institutions and trying to put you into loan and, and debt all the time bad situations and so it's, I think it's a great thing for my generation and yours to want to leave a, a good legacy you know and uh, some inspirational things so they don't they don't make possibly our um, same mistakes but it's it's, it's so good to have you here, um, Dr. Forcina. And I do hope that you guys will go and check out his book on, on Amazon. Is it coming up in March? Did I? March 14, yes. Right. What was the title of the book? The American Doctor. The American Doctor. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect title. And uh, I, I hope that you guys have a read. And I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And, and, and you know... Tell us a little bit of what's different and uh, the different point of view we had um, in those years and even before me in the 1941 you were born, so just post-war when people had the headlights problem, when people didn't have radio, television, maybe they have hot water, but didn't have a bathroom in the house. It was so different. And yet they survived and thrived and we created the great nations that we can now see here in Europe and in the United States and in Argentina. They created out of nothing. And so we can create as well. We can create the life that we want if we stay with it. We stay focused on the goal and keep going. So thank you very much for being with me. And, um, you know, uh, did you want to say bye-bye yourself? Well, I, I just want to remind people they can follow me on Instagram if they wish. And um, and I I want to thank everybody for listening to this foreign person with, a, with an accent. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. We are used to my accent. So Instagram, we're going to check check you there. We we can also, if you just send me kindly the links, I can put them under my episode notes so people will see what this is about. Thank that's you. great because my timing is almost um, running out here at 26 minutes and five minutes left with Zoom. So thank you so much again and thank you everyone. And if you would like to know more about the life of uh, Dr. Forcina, buy the book so you can learn and be inspired. And if you, despite all this, find yourself with problem with procrastination or self-sabotage, don't believe in yourself, come to me for a session with RTT or NLP or both and um, really find out what's holding you back and what can you do to create the life you want. Thank you, everyone, and I'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You've listened to Create. France, Sydney.